Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, listeners. You're live with Apostle John L. Solomon, the Lion Among Lions. I'm going to say that again. The Lion Among Lions <laughs> is Lions Den. It's my purpose today to bring you strength in some form or fashion. Strength from the Lion's Strength from the Lions Den is a compelling talk show that discusses life's difficult situations through relevant topics, important issues, empowerment from a biblical perspective. The Lions Den will bring you the energy of encouragement transcending godly wisdom, the efficacy of knowledge and education, and primarily strength to the weary in life from the sourcehood of our connection with our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So what you need to do is just roar. That's right. Go ahead and roar for your victory, my friend. Roar for your power. Roar for your prosperity. Roar for your family, your deliverance. My man, roar. My woman, roar for your strength. My God, I'm excited tonight as we're Closing in on the season finale of season one, straight from the Lions Den. But tonight, as uh, one of my closing topics, I want to talk about success in ministry. Some people wondering, how, well, how can you measure success in ministry? You know, that you know, people go back and forth. Well, you should. It ain't no. It ain't about a success. It ain't about a competition. No, you do. You can measure your success in ministry, and we're gonna touch on that topic tonight. I think we're going to touch on it just a little bit, an inkling of a little bit. So work with me here. Listen, the narrative that we brought for this uh, episode is that in a day of mega churches and million dollar pastors, some are measuring their ministerial success by numbers on the membership roll and the monetary intake of their monthly offerings. Others are ba- basing their success on popularity and some of that, their name dropping. So, I want to talk about Jesus module for real ministry. 
and discuss how we fall in comparison for having success in the ministry. Now, as I talk about, I'm, I'm going I'm to get to Jesus' module, but first I got to look at a few things about our ministries. But before I do, like in the narrative, we talk about mega ministries and million-dollar pastors. Now, for the racket, I ain't got nothing against them boys. Most of them are pretty cool from my perspective, and some of them can even preach. <laughs> yeah, some of them can even preach, you know. But my, my problem with some of them is that when pastors, they're doing it on the backs of struggling members. That's when I have a problem with that. You got a huge facility but you got members who are not receiving your help when they need it. And I'm not talking about somebody trying to fleece the church or somebody uh, having a problem with the ministry. I'm talking about people who are just, uh, I'm talking about people who are struggling and they, t- they pay their tithes and they have to jump through hoops to get some help. But we'll save that for another day, for another show. Maybe, maybe season two we'll get into uh, ministries that don't help. <laughs> but listen, I want to uh, talk about success in ministry. See, many pastors and many preachers, they're, they're struggling to find or even form a clear statement and direction for their ministry. But guess what? The question needs to be asked. What is the preacher's ministry? Uh, what is the uh, preacher's ministry? Nope. What is the preacher's mission? Nope. Well, what is that particular minister's vision? Not even that one. The question that that now, those are important questions. Now, don't get me sideways. Don't get me sidetracked. You know, those are important questions. They really are. But the main thing you should look at is... um, what is your call? That's what we begin with. What is your call? So you have to examine your call to the ministry. That is what will stimulate your vision and that will fuel your ministry. Can I get a amen? Oh, yes, right. Amen. I, I say, tell myself amen. What is your call? Examine your call to ministry. That's going to stimulate your vision. That's going to fuel your ministry. Some people say, well, I'm called to preach, and they do their trial sermon. (laughs) I ain't going to get into trial sermon, but they do their trial sermon. I ain't going to get into trial sermon because I did my trial sermon on the block. I had the largest congregation in the city passing by me as I stood on the corner. But enough about me. (laughs) Let's get back to you. You have to examine your call to the ministry. This is what's going to get you there. Abraham was called. God told him to get you to another, out of your father's house to another country, to a land that I'm going to show you. He succeeded in his ministry because he answered the call. And he fulfilled the call. Now, Mo, well, look at uh, Moses now. Moses was a horse of a... Well, before I get to Moses, look at Jacob. Jacob's call. Jacob was called too. Jacob began to see visions, his tricky self. Oh, tricksters. Some of us tricksters and hustlers and bootleggers and partners got called too. Anyway, enough about that. Another show, another day. But Jacob got called and Jacob wrestled with God. 
Some of, some of us have to wrestle with God coming into this ministry. And in wrestling with God, he found out who he was intended and supposed to be. It took the wrestling match, the WWF WrestleMania one-on-one with God in order to find out who he really was. Man, your name ain't Jacob. You ain't really who they say you were. You did all them things, but that was never who you were. You are a prince, and you have power with God and men. See, that wrestling match told him that. Now back to Moses. Moses got called. Man, Moses had one of the most spectacular calls outside Ezekiel and Paul's now. You know, Moses got a burning bush. He had, wow, lights, fire, actually, it, it was on. He, but see, Moses, he had asked some questions. People talk about him, you know, but Moses asked some questions. He said, Lord, I don't know, you know, but which was so important to me and so relevant to me. He said, Lord, you know, when I go, these jokers, they're going to ask me who sent me. They ain't going to believe me. They're going to say who sent me. He asked the right questions. A lot of us, we get called and we don't ask questions. We don't look into our call. We don't investigate the call. Moses got called. Moses asked God questions. God got a little frustrated with him, but Moses wanted to set some stuff out on the table. <laughs> Joshua got called. Joshua went in and did the judge. Joshua was a bad boy. But Joshua went over there and did the thing up. He had to go take the promised land. What about the judges? Deborah got called. Ooh, yeah, Deborah's a woman. Deborah judged Israel. Uh, what about her husband? What about that? What about that Joker? What about him? He ain't talking about him. He talking about Deborah. Yeah, and uh, and that patriarch patriarchal society. It talks about Deborah as a judge. Her call. What about Samson? His call. His mom and dad called for him when he was a little one in the womb. What about Gideon? Gideon's call. Samuel's call. What about the kings that got called? King Saul, King David, King Solomon. All three of them got called. See, not every king was called, but those three were called. And let's not mention, forget about the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. What about their call? We love their call before I formed you in my mother's womb. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I called you. Huh? Come on. Now that I love Isaiah, who shall I send and who shall I go for us? Lord, here am I, send me. What about Ezekiel? Ezekiel saw the holy throne in heaven. My God, I was in the spirit. I saw the wheel in the middle of the Man, I'm talking about their calls. You had a call too. Now, I had a partner. He said, uh, when I told him, I said, you know, God called me to the ministry. He said, man, he said, God must have got the wrong number because I know he ain't called you. <laughs> he said, you need to call back and check. Make sure that was God. <laughs> but nevertheless, here I am 20, 23, 24, 20 some odd years later, still doing it because God called me. You have to take a look at your call to the ministry. Why did God call you? Why did God? You got to say, why did God? I asked God why he called me. I asked him some of the questions Moses said, but not with so much doubt. I said, God, why are you calling me? When God called me, he said, set your house in order. I'm about to set you into your pastorate. So I asked him a series of questions so that I would know what I was doing when I was supposed to be doing it. Oh, you want to know about my juice. You want to know about my dirt. That's what you want to know. I feel you. Anyway, we ain't talking about my dirt right now. We're talking about how to be successful in ministry, and I'm talking about your call, my friend. Yeah, your call. 
Listen, if you have some questions tonight, you can hit me up on my inbox on Facebook, John Solomon Esquire. No, no Esquire, just John L. Solomon. And uh, I can uh, add, add, answer some of your questions if it's profitable for me. <laughs> but look at your call, my friend. Why did God call you? So as I'm con- coming to the conclusion, my first half Man, it go by so quick. I know you just don't know it, dude. But a lot of work goes into it. The producers and the productions and the lights and the makeup and the action. You know, it's just a whole lot going into this radio thing. But nevertheless, we're talking about your call. Look at your call. Why did God call you? What was going on? Did he send a minister? Did he send a mind? <laughs> Who told you you were called? I heard somebody with their hands on their hips. God called me. I ain't had no mime. <laughs> you saw a mime dancing to uh <laughs> Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me. And you said that was God talking. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. Let me stop. <clears throat> Let me get serious here. But nevertheless, the, seriously, 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 look at your call. The the number one reason, one, number one way to be successful in ministry. Number one, master your call. Understand what it was all about. Write the vision and engage your mission. Number one, master your call. Write the vision and engage the mission. You have to take a look at your call. Why did God call you? Because that call will stimulate your vision and fuel your mission. I'm going to tell you what God told me. I, I should. T- I'm gonna tell you. I was saying, God, okay, you calling me. What am I gonna say? How will I know? He said, I'm calling you the pastor of people who have no pastor, and you're going to shepherd sheep who have no shepherd. So my God, the whole world could have been my oyster. So anytime I came upon somebody or I ministered some- to someone who had no shepherd, who had no pastor. I knew there was an opportunity for me or there may be a connection for me to have this person under the tutelage of what God was doing in my life and for me to engage them as a part of my ongoing process of purpose. Yeah, hold on. This is Apostle Solomon. Strength from the lion's den. I'll be right back after these announcements. Have you priced commercials lately? Advertising can truly break your budget. At Win, we eliminate the most common hurdle to advertising. Advertise with Win to reach potential customers locally, nationally, and internationally for as low as $150. Yes, that's right, $150 per commercial. We Inspire Network Radio is a new and rapidly growing online radio network that boasts of dynamic seasoned show hosts who are drawing audiences from across the nation and abroad. Africa, Australia, Scotland, Canada, just to name a few. We also have the technical capabilities to advertise your products and services through sound bites, slideshows, and more. No long-term contracts. You pay per show. Advertise on WIN, and you are sure to be a winner. For more information, call us, 201-477-0469. 
Email Annie Bell at wealthmanagement-fs.org. As it should give us the vision, the sight, and the speed and power to make it through this mission. All the airmen say, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Nothing's difficult. Everything's a challenge. Through adversity to, to the start. From the last plane to the last bullet to the last minute to the last man, we fight. We fight. We fight. We fight. We fight. We fight. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. We fight. Bullet to the last plane. This is Bobby Daniels. You're tuned in to Strength from the Lions. Then we're powered by We Inspire Network Radio. Win Radio. Partner with a good team of people at We Inspire Network, and they just want us to, like that uh, Gray Al Davis said, just win, baby, win. <laughs> I want to thank everyone who's tuned in tonight. Thank you for my um, my lab being lit up with a few callers. I'm a tune. I'm a. I, I can't go to everybody tonight because I got to get this show across. But I am going to a few of my faithful uh, supporters and brothers. I, I see you on that. I see that hand. I see that hand right there. I'm, I'm gonna get to you. Y'all just hold on because I want you to uh, bring something tonight. But anyway, I want to thank everyone who's tuned in tonight. And I'm talking about success in ministry. What is success in ministry? Is it just relevant? You know, success is how you feel. You have to define your own success. Of course you do. But you weren't called to define your own success. You were called to do something, brother, sister. You were called to make something happen. Now, let me talk about ministry now, success in ministry. First Corinthians 5, 16, you know I have to get that in. You know I came up under the great, great. <laughs> I ain't going to say great, great what, but you know I came under the great. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh, which we always do, knowing each other after the flesh. But nevertheless, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no, no, no more. Therefore, if any man uh, be in Christ, he's a new creature. Go ahead, Apostle. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, and now all things are of God. <laughs> Man, I don't know why that's such a staple in my head. Yes, I do. Listen. And all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. All of us have a ministry. Man, come on now. God has given all of us that ministry of reconciliation. Brother, my ministry is not reconciliation. My ministry is uh, uh, to prophesy in the pathetic. Well, brother, you keep on doing that, but the Bible said we have the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not in putting their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us, what, the word of reconciliation. Break it down some more, man. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The next one, God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. Why you keep condemning people then? But he sent them that through him we may be saved. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but through me. Oh, my goodness, I can preach that thing. But listen, you have a ministry and a word. The ministry of reconciliation, the restoration of friendly relations. That's what reconciliation means. The restoration of friendly relations between God and man. Yeah, there it is right there. You should be reconciling some folks. If you ain't reconciling God and man, you have to look it back at the New Testament and say, oh, what's going on? Have to talk to Jesus. Have a little talk with Jesus. 
Say, look, I need a little bit more Jesus, what the song said. I, I got to talk with you about my ministry. You, you need to be reconciling some people to God. Through your T-shirts? Through your bumper sticker? No, man, no, through your life. Through your life. Now, we don't dot every I and cross every T. I know that's what you want me to get into. I ain't going there yet. Hold on. What is ministry? That's where I'm going. That's where it gets thick. What is ministry? Well, before I tell you what ministry is, I'm going to tell you what ministry is not. How can I tell you what ministry is not? Because I've been in the ministry for about 23, maybe 24 years now. I'm going to my 25th silver anniversary to go along with my silver hair, silver and red. That is. Well, enough about me. Listen, what is ministry? Ministry is not convenient. It's not convenient, my friend. Nine to five ministry? Come on now. This ain't banker's hours. What you going to, somebody calling you from the jail cell, they got locked up on a DUI, and it's your deacon. Mm, I shouldn't have said that. Yes, I should have. You get called to the hospital. This family, their mother is slipping into the afterlife, and the family is coming apart. They fussing at the hospital, and they call you in. At two in the morning, ministry is not convenient. So therefore, if it's not convenient, I'm gonna let you know ministry is not easy. They used to call me DMC because I rocked the mic so easily. No, ministry is not easy. It's not. I, there's no other way to say it. You can't push the easy button with ministry. Ministry is not glamorous. It's not. Some people make it look good. With they flashy suits and fine shoes and leather belts. I ain't talking about me. <laughs> and alligators. I ain't talking about me. They make it look glamorous, but ministry is not glamour. Because when you look behind that curtain, a lot of dirty work going on behind the scenes. And I'm not just talking about bad stuff. I'm talking about somebody got to go and clean up the bathrooms. Somebody got to sweep the floors. Somebody got to do the difficult behind-the-scenes things. Ministry is not glamorous. Ministry is not comfortable. When you get comfortable in ministry, you, may, you must be on vacation. <laughs> and if you get too comfortable in ministry while you're on vacation... You're going to come back and the bottom been on drop out. Woe unto them that are at ease in Zion. Ministry is not have it your way. Well, Lord, this is what I want, Lord. I want uh, maybe 750 members. I want them all to be tithers. They should all have reputable jobs. They should all be driving. Their children shall be well-mannered and go to the best schools. And, uh, and our church will be erected in a nice neighborhood. Thank you, Father. I decree and declare it. I, men. Man, if you don't get your boy, man, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. Who you think you're talking to about? I can't find my beat button, so I can't say that. But anyway, <laughs> ministry is not glamorous. Ministry is not have it your way. And ministry is not for complaints. We gonna mark, we, you, you, I'm, I'm saying it's not, gonna be, it's not for complaints because well, as long as I had some good days, I had some bad days, I had some hills to climb. And I asked, I questioned a little why so much pain. But when I look around and I think things over, all of my good days outweigh my bad days. I won't complain. Uh, that sounds like a 
Well, that don't sound like a complaint, but it sounds like within the midst of that, you're trying not to say what you're trying to say. Like Job. Job wanted to say a whole lot of stuff, and he did say a lot of stuff. But in the midst of Job said, don't eat slay me. Yeah, well, I trust him naked. I came into this world naked. I'm a, he said a lot of good stuff on top of the up, uh, on top of the bad stuff, you know. So you can't complain in ministry. And ministry is not for cowards. My friend, Paul said, I've suffered the loss of all things and counted but dung that I may win Christ. As you get older in ministry, as you walk, you realize that a lot of things that were important to you when you were younger are not as important as you as you get older. Some people say, I just want to see souls saved. That's a part of it, but that ain't the whole that ain't the whole shell of the game. You want to see souls saved, but can I tell you, you yourself have a soul. What shall it profit to gain the whole world and to lose your own soul? You have to be mindful of your own soul as well in the midst of saving souls. Your soul is incorporating not just your mind, will, and your emotions. Your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions, your family, your children, your job, your bills. Your soul is more than just your mind, will, and emotions. Look around your environment and you'll see. Blood, sweat, and tears in a lot of things. Your soul has to do with your connections as well. My friend, ministry is not for cowards, but ministry is work. Ministry is servanthood. For some, ministry is 24-7. I said for some, ministry is fleshly. Ministry is sacrifice. Ministry is mental. Ministry can be lonely. My friend, at times, ministry is lonely. Why? You said you got a lot of people around you. Why? Some places you have to walk alone. Some places you got to walk where others can't tread. You got to take up your own cross, my friend. Mm. Ministry, it is worth it, though. It's worth it, my friend. To have a higher purpose, to have something bigger than you, to know that God himself called you. The highest office in the land is the presidency. Man, the highest office in the land is serving God and knowing that you have purpose and he's speaking directly to you and you're seeing that vision come to pass eventually. And I did say eventually. <laughs> you, you don't believe it eventually. Ask Noah. Noah didn't see his vision come to pass in a week or two, in a month or two, in a year or two. Come on now. Walk with me. Ministry requires flexibility. The pressure is always there, as what Prophet Reed told me, but it's how you handle the pressure. So ministry requires flexibility. Ministry requires wisdom, my friend. You got to be wise as a serpent. You have to be cunning as a serpent, serpent and harmless as a dove. Why? Because the devil don't play fair. So that means you're supposed to play fair? I will not. I'm supposed to be honest with dishonest people? I'm supposed to trust thieves? You, you, you better rethink your Christianity, my friend. Ministry requires wisdom. Ministry requires understanding because you're going to meet some folks that don't understand. There was a young man wanted me to see his ministry, wanted me to oversee him, but he wanted me to see his ministry firsthand and what was going on with him. I said, after months and months and months of him calling me, you know, asking me and, be, be, and uh, you know, improving me to come see his ministry, I finally went with him. He picked me up that morning and we stopped by a grocery store, and he uh, went in and got some few things, and he came out, and he said, he said, Pastor, I can't wait for you to see my ministry in operation, the power and the glory that God uses me. I'm saying, okay, son, abundance, okay, you know. 
So he drove to the, I mean, the hood of the hoods, in the deep hood, and he pulled up in this abandoned, to this abandoned building, and he got a bag, and we walked around to the side of the house, and he said, he said, Apostle, watch the glory of God. He said, stand still and see the glory of God. He reached in his bag, and he pulled out an item and threw it up against the wall, and it burst. It was an egg. He said, God has called me to destroy the yoke. <laughs> huh? God called him to destroy the yoke. <laughs> that was good. I'll be here all night. Listen, <laughs> ministry requires understanding. <laughs> the Bible said, get get wisdom, but without you getting, you got to get an understanding. Ministry requires strength. You can't be weak in ministry. You don't have time to be weak. You got to be strong. Let the weak say I'm strong. Ministry requires passion. Man, you got to be passionate about some things. You got to be passionate about your ministry. Passion will fuel any area of your life, business, uh, your family. Passion is required in ministry. Ministry requires love. You got to love some folks because you're going to meet a lot of unlovable people that you're ministering to. Ministry requires you showing up to be used by God. Some days you just got to show up. You may not feel the passion. You may not feel the love, the strength, the understanding, the wisdom, all the flexibility, but you got to show up available to God. Ministry will test you. Ministry will break you. Ministry will mature you. Ministry will make you. Ministry will save you. But overall, ministry will bless you. My friend, I'm going to go to a break, and when I come back, we're going to talk about some of those areas that I've briefly on as far as ministry. Talking about having a successful ministry. Y'all hang on. Y'all hold on tight because I'm going to be rocking like this for the rest of the night and I'll be right back. Hello. My name is Minister Lloyd Bell Jr., CEO of We Inspire Network Radio. God bless you and I am Minister Annie Bell the COO of We Inspire Network Radio. We had you, our listeners, in mind when we created We Inspire Network Radio, or as we like to call it, Win Radio. We incorporated your thoughts and opinions to ensure that our programming will embody true inspiration. And we will continue to bring relevant and heartfelt shows that cater to the needs and wants of our growing listener base. Please, Subscribe to our network so that you can stay connected. Join us here every week where together, through God, we win. A lion leads. It's about having the courage to stand and fight for your life. Having the strength to go bravely in your own direction, even if others walk away. You tread your own path. Only you know what's best for you. Only you know what path to take. Only you know your courage, your strength, your heart. Everyone has the heart of the lion inside of them. Let it out. Let it scream out of you. Like the lion, unleash the beast in you. All right. And we are back. You're tuning in. Apostle John L. Solomon. I just want to bring you strength. We're talking tonight about um, success in ministry. And I'm just giving you a rundown of a few things. I don't have all the answers, my friend, but 
after working in ministry and then coming up under some uh, very powerful and uh, unique, interesting people, <laughs> I can give you a clue and hint. Speaking of unique and interesting people, my big brother, the prophet, the man of God, uh, I want to bring him on tonight. Uh, this man came and he he blessed our hearts uh, on uh, a weekend ago. Prophet Philip Reed Senior, I mean, he just he just uh, really broke down the word and gave it to us, and then he gave us a, a prophecy with a time length on it. And man, I'm telling you, I see mine's coming to pass. I see it forming as this man of God spoke it. Big brother, Mr. CEO, Prophet, man, come on, say something. <laughs> God bless you, brother. How are you? Man, what you think about the topic tonight? Woo! Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And it's real. You know, it, mm-hmm. it really is real because people think you got to have the mega to be successful. You know, people think you got to have the 20,000. You got to be pushing and running big numbers. And, and, and that's not so at all. And taking our ultimate model, as you said, Jesus Christ himself, who had basically 12 men and had a three-year term in ministry. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he was 33, but he prepared 30 years for a three-year ministry and really mm-hmm. only had 12 men, 12 disciples follow him, and they were the ones that touched the world. So it's just awesome to see that we don't need numbers. We need a faithful few, and, and you be dedicated to the cause, and you be dedicated to what God has called you in your sphere of influence, and then let the Holy Spirit do his thing. Mm-mm-mm. Man, that's it right there. Because I, I know, a lot, of, like you said, a lot of people want the mega because that has become the canon. That's the ruler. That's the rumor now that I, I got to have a mega, you know, and I got, you know, because the Bible talked about when they divided the, the uh, in Israel, they divided them by clans, they divided them. Some had 50, some right. had 100, some had 1,000. Mm-hmm. You know, some people can't run a, a mega ministry. I mean, you ain't got to have, you know, some people can't run a mega ministry. It's like, it's, some, of, some, of, some, of, some of us pastors are struggling, you know, to run 50. You know, and then you want to make it it's like, wait a minute, can we take care of the ten? We take care of the ten, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yes, yes, the yes, ten, you know. If you want to make it, <laughs> you know. I mean, that's just that's just my thing, you know. You know, just just um, that, that's that's my thing. There, you're trying to compare. When called to that, you know, and I'm not knocking him or whatever, but that's not the standard. Why? That's not the standard. Right. It, it right. comes exactly. down to doing the work. You know, exactly. do, doing the work. What did Jesus tell? What did Jesus, when John the Baptist asked him, "Are you the one, or should we be <laughs> looking for another?" You know, John said, "I don't know." You know, are you the one? Jesus said, "Go tell him." You know, the widow okay. got their dead ready. Well, I'm, I'm feeding. Right. You know, I'm taking care of business. You know. Right, right. And I think that's the whole thing about being productive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus, when he spoke, he used different, you know, analogies and, uh, you know, and it always was about multiplication. So through Jesus, there was a 12, and the 12 was the one that the Bible said, turned this world upside down. So who mm-hmm. are you releasing? Who are you duplicating? Who are you launching out, out of your mega? You know, how, who are we dispatching? We should be, God is about territory. He hasn't changed. So we need to be duplicating ourselves and releasing and dispatching, taking the land, taking back with his eyes, you know, right. and it's releasing and, 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 and not just giving somebody a piece of paper, but no, see them through. If you run on the mega, and this is just my small opinion, if you run on the mega and you got 
10,000 people and you see one faithful called up, raised up, and you release him, why not release him already with 50? Why not release him with 100 people to go with him and take the territory? You, you know, Caleb said, hey, just say it's mine <laughs> because I'm well able. <laughs> Come on, just say it's mine. I'll take it. Don't worry about that. Just say it's my land and I'll go take it because I'm well able. So we can be taking mm-hmm. a lot more territory if we dispatch more, release more, and, and, and take back what is ours. You know, we're getting all caught up in what we see. So the Bible says this, where sin does abound, and we're looking at it everywhere, but guess what? Grace does much more abound. Mm. Mm. That's good, man. Man, you just, you just tapped into what uh, uh, the, late, the late Bishop Ford for the Church of God in Christ, he used to say, he said, you bishop, this is when the Church of God in Christ was at their their, their peak. Let me laugh. But mm-hmm. this is when they was in their prime and they were at their peak. Mm-hmm. Bishop Ford said, mm-hmm. you launching these ministers and these pastors out, and you launching them out with a piece of paper. He said, you got five mm-hmm. musicians. You got five yeah. musicians. Let them leave mm-hmm. with a musician. You got 20 deacons, you know, 20, 20 right. deacons, 15 elders. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. Several ministers, he said, and you send them out with just a piece of paper in their spouse. You know, mm. he said, give them a musician, give them an elder that can lead, give them some deacons yeah. that will work, and let them go out yeah. there. And you know, and they, they, you, you said it, man. You send them out with more, right. they can conquer more. You know, right, right, right. That's a good night. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, man. Uh, a lot right, of times, right. you know, ministry it becomes competitive. Because we're yeah, so competitive, yeah. we, come on, we want notches in our belt, so we're going to keep everybody on, on the line. Some people die on mm. the line. Mm. You know, they down the mm. line. They're preaching hard in the pulpit. When they their time is called, they're preaching hard mm-hmm. and strong, but they're, they're dead on the vine. They should be yes, out in Africa or <laughs> Europe or London <laughs> or wherever. Exactly. Their ministry thrives. They should have been gone, you know? Amen. Amen. Wow. But, uh, hey, look. Early on, I was talking a little bit about the call. Hey, and I, mm. I, I know you, uh, I know you well versed in there, man. Speak, speak a little bit about the call to ministry or the call. You know, come on, man. I, I know you, you. I know you can overflow in that. I got a few minutes, man. Take your time. Talk about the call to ministry. Well, man, man, praise God. It is, it is, it's not easy, you know, for one. And the Bible mm-hmm. says it: many are called, but few are chosen. So even if you're called, like we have a fivefold ministry, we have a fivefold that he speaks about. So everybody is not an apostle, everybody's not a prophet, everybody's not. But there's still a call that you can answer. You know, it starts maybe in your home, you know, training them up in the way that they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart. So so the call is there for everybody born again. Bible said he that win of souls is wise. So what call are you answering? It doesn't have to be the fivefold ministry. It could be the call to win souls. And that's the ultimate game. Forget the title. He that win of souls mm-hmm. is wise, the Bible says. So but, but about that call, yes, it's a heartfelt thing. It's something you can't shake. <laughs> it's something you deny most of the time when you really call. <laughs> You're not trying mm-hmm. to run out there and start just because you can Hoop a holler a little bit, or you feel a little anointment as they say, <laughs> bless them. But but really know that God has spoken to you, and, and really know it's a heartfelt thing, and know, and know it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy on you. It's not going to be easy on your family. It's not going to be easy on your friends or family. So just know with that call comes persecution. With that call comes some distress. With that call comes 
some adversity? You think the enemy just going to allow you to just rise up and <laughs> be who God called you to be? That's a negative, Johansson. <laughs> you know, so understanding the call, yes, you're called to it. Then it's a process of walking to it and through it. You know, it, it, it's not one, two, three. It's not two times four. It's a lifestyle. And that's when you really know you're committed. As you said earlier, you've been doing the thing for 20 some odd years, and I can attest to that. <laughs> you have been walking this walk 20-something years, and you've been walking the process, my brother. I remember you just do the music, and you had a heart just to do the music. You weren't thinking about being an apostle 20 years later. You were you were committed to the music ministry, putting the music together, yeah. putting the tapes together. You know, you were committed to that call. Come on here. And then the other call came, <laughs> uh, the, wow. the program we were through, and you went through that program with, with honors, and then you answer that call. So it's a call up to build up to the up to. So if you answer every little call, then you can reach that end call of that end title, be it apostle, be it prophet, be it evangelist, be it pastor, be it teacher. Yes, you'll eventually answer that call, but it's in those little calls, can you answer those? <laughs> can you do a Bible ministry? Can you, can, can you teach for someone? Can you, can you just run a daycare? Come on. <laughs> and, 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 and raise up those people, children who entrust you. Look at Moses. Moses was sent away, taken from his mother, and was given back to his mother. <laughs> so don't say what God won't do in the call. You know. So once we commit to the call, just commit to the call first. That's what I believe. It's a commitment. I'm gonna commit to the call. As they say, come hell or high waters, I'm gonna commit to the call. We even wash the bathroom. We didn't. We didn't did the lawn. We didn't. We didn't mow the yard. We answered the old school first. We mowed, we mowed the group planet <laughs> every Saturday in the sun. You know, but we answered that call. <laughs> you know, it was so interesting what you said. I heard somebody say the other day a lot of people want to wear the crown, but not many are willing to carry the crown. You know? Mm. So mm. Well, well, brother, I'm going to tell you, man, I'm so I'm so glad you on that wall because, you know, a lot of people don't want the truth. You don't want you the want truth because deep down in places yeah. you don't talk about at parties. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. We want you on that wall, prophet. We need you on that wall, man. Amen. Brother, thank Amen. you, man, for calling me. Thank you for sharing, brother. Your wisdom is always blesses me. Appreciate your apostle. God bless. Bless you, man. Amen. Oh, wow. That's Prophet, that's Prophet Reed, uh, my big brother in the Lord, and my big brother in the flesh. Well, not by the same mother, but from another mother. You, you know what I'm saying? Come on now. We grew up together in ministry, and uh, he always protected me and, and informed me and talked with me and walked with me. Amen. And I thank God for him. Listen, tonight we're talking about success in ministry. But success, we're not talking about the success that we're going to find in our financial gain and in our uh, popularity gain. But we're talking about the success that said, uh, I, I, fought a good fo I fought a good fight. I, I finished the course. I stayed the course, first of all, and I, fit, and I finished the course. And now there's a crown of righteousness laid up for me. I'm not talking about the pie in the sky in the sweet by and by. I'm talking about, well done, now good and faithful servant. You know, you, you handled business for me. You, uh, you, you stayed the course. You did what I told you to do. You had some setbacks, some sit downs, some setups, some set outs, some sets. <laughs> but you stayed the course, 
and you fought that good fight of faith, contending for the faith that was once delivered to the saints in a world full of voices and uh, heretics and skepticism, something like that. We got a lot of them skeptics, you know, and a lot of information is floating around there. And you got to read the book of Enoch. And you got to read the book of uh, Lazarus. And you got to read the book of Harahara. You know, it's, it's just so much they're trying to give us, man. Man, you better read. You better read the Bible and judge from your heart. You know what I'm saying? You got to trust God because He said, "I'm gonna write this in your heart." You know. And people are going to be judged by what's in their heart, not by, not even by the word. He said, I'm writing this thing on your heart first and foremost. So you say, Lord, I never read the Bible. He said, oh, that's no excuse. It was in your heart. I have witnesses, witnesses telling you, mommy, hey, y'all hold on. I got to go to a break. When we come back, we're going to close this thing out. Thank you for so much for being here tonight. Straight from the Lions Den, Apostle John L. Simon, we're talking about success in ministry. We will be right back. Have you priced commercials lately? Advertising can truly break your budget. At Win, we eliminate the most common hurdle to advertising. Advertise with Win to reach potential customers locally, nationally, and internationally for as low as $150. Yes, that's right. $150 per commercial. We Inspire Network Radio is a new and rapidly growing online radio network that boasts of dynamic seasoned show hosts who are drawing audiences from across the nation and abroad. Africa, Australia, Scotland, Canada, just to name a few. We also have the technical capabilities to advertise your products and services through sound bites, slideshows, and more. No long-term contracts. You pay per show. Advertise on WIN, and you are sure to be a winner. For more information, call us, 201-477-0469. Email Annie Bell at wealthmanagement-fs.org. What's the difference between a gazelle and what's the difference between a lion? What's the difference? I know that they're wired different, but what's the difference? And what I discovered is that the gazelle is running from something. I asked myself the question about the lion, and I said the lion is not running to be rewarded. The lion is running to eat. Every single day, the lion is running to eat. You've got to ask yourself, what's your why? What motivates you? What pushes you? What drives you? Apostle John L. Solomon, you tune in the Lions Den. Tonight we're talking about ministry, success in ministry. My friend, you have some some good words, some good stuff to run on. Listen, as I was uh, concluding the last part, as I talked about what ministry uh, it will test you, it will break you, it will mature you, it will make you, it will save you, it will bless you. So out of all that which we ran out, you must master your ministerial product. I know you say, man, you just talking basically you. You know, what you you got to master your ministerial product. Jesus had his product mastered. Oh, you don't believe me. The Bible said Jesus stood up in the synagogue and he took the Bible, he took the uh Torah. He said, "The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. 
He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Jesus had his thing down packed. That was his ministerial product right there. He said, I know what I came to do. He said, no man taking my life, I lay it down. And I'm going to take it up again because it has been commanded me of that. He knew his ministerial product. We don't know our product. We we jumping we jumping from everybody every ministerial uh what's the word uh what's that what when pop pop culture we drop we jumping every trend every ministerial trend we own it boom okay uh everybody is hopping in churches now we're gonna hop this Sunday wait a minute everybody's doing electric slide in churches we're gonna let you slide this Sunday everybody's doing the running man we're doing a lot of trends that we see and now I'm I'm trend I'm trendy just like anybody else but at the same time. In your trend and be rooted and grounded. Know what's you and know what's a trend. And that's why the Bible tells us he who ascended is the same who descended. And he ascended again that he could feel all things. And he gave job descriptions to his gifts. To some he gave apostles, a prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, that we be no more children tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine, but that we come up to the fullness of the doctrine of the standard of Christ. See, that's a job description. That one just that ain't just words in there. He's given a job description for you to package your ministerial product so that you know what you're doing, why you're doing it, when you're doing it, to what extent you're doing it. Now that does not eliminate faith, but that gives you an idea. This is what we're doing. If, some, if, if my ministry was prosperity and somebody said, hey, this church over here is struggling, you know, they're, they're struggling and they want to know how they can make it. You know, I said, OK, well, how, how much money do they have? What, 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 are they, what do they want me to do? They want you to come in and preach to them. OK, but they're, they're struggling financially. What are they willing to sow? Well, they ain't got nothing to sow. What do you mean they don't have nothing to sow? Do they have an accountant? Do they have a, 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 a checking account? You see, you see what I'm saying? What things do they, you want me to come in as a prosperity minister and you want me to minister to you for free? Don't you know nothing from nothing means nothing? And, and I'm, not just, I'm not saying that you don't go into help a ministry that's struggling, that fell on hard time, but you don't go into no stingy, struggling church. They, they don't want to give you nothing and they don't want to give anybody nothing. And I'm not trying to be hard or but I'm just saying, I'm just saying, stop freeloading. You're trying to freeload off the ministerial gift. And I'm not saying they're supposed to come in and say we need five thousand and we need to put my uh, staff at the Comfort Estates and Suites and in. And I'm not saying all that. I'm just saying if you're gonna bring in a gift, you need to bless a gift. You gotta understand that. Now, certain gifts will come in with discernment and say, you know what? Thank you for your gifts. Now I'm giving it back into your ministry. See me, I go into a small ministry that I see, you know, they they're not not as um they're not as strong, they're struggling. Man, I go in and I preach my heart out. I don't care if they got but four members. I preach my heart out. And them them four members and that pastor give me a two hundred dollar offer. And I said, My God, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna sort it right back into them. I may take a few for gas and food, but I'm gonna sort it right back into their ministry. Be- why? Because they have the heart out of those few. To recognize that 
because of their willingness to sow and be a blessing, God said, I'm going to sow back to you what you were trying to sow. And because of that, I'm going to open up your barns and let them be filled because you understand what you need. If your church needs evangelism, if your church, if you need members in your church, pastor, get you an evangelist to come in so that spirit of evangelism can come upon your members so that they can begin to go out and bring people. If you need to know the mind and the counsel of God, Pastor, and that you're seeking and you want your congregation to understand the foretelling and the foreknowledge and the encouragement of God, bring in a prophet. Now, you're going to lose some people when that prophet come in. I'm just going to tell you. I know every time I brought a prophet in, my God, I lost people. (laughs) Because prophets shake up the very nature of the ministry. And when you bring in an apostle, be ready to shift in direction of the ministry, because they're going to say something or do something that's going to change the trajectory of your ministry. Now, this is on a ministerial scale, and it's on a personal scale. When you get ministered to by a prophet, when you get ministered to by an apostle, when you get ministered to by an evangelist, pastor, a teacher, those gifts that are in them that operate on a larger scale throughout a ministry will begin to operate mano y mano in your life. Pastor. You're going to feel taken care of because they're tender of the sheep and evangelist that comes to talk to you uh, about winning souls. My God, you're going to want to get somebody saved. A teacher that comes and you start talking to you about the scriptures and the doctrine of the word, you're going to want to get in there and study. A, a, a prophet coming and start forth telling to you and speaking the oracles of God to you, man, you're going to be awed and want to go into worship. An apostle start coming into you, start speaking to you about your life and the pioneering and the movements. My God, you're going to be looking around saying, where is my change? I ain't going to wait for my change come. I'm going to enact my change that's coming. My friend, in conclusion of tonight, success in ministry, but that last one was master. The, fir- the first one was uh, master your call, write the vision, and engage the mission. The second one was master your ministerial product. I, I, I'm not saying um, fail, fail proof. What do you mean? They're, they're not fail proof. I mean, things are going to happen in your life. Things are going to happen. Life is going to happen. The enemy is going to happen. Your haters are going to happen. People are going to happen. Life is going to happen to you. Things, these things will promote you to a successful ministry. But longevity is the key. Know the word. You got to know the word. That's what's going to get you. Jesus said you do error error because you know not the word. You know not the scriptures or the power of God. When you know the scriptures, my God, you know some things. So when certain things hit, boom, the word come up in you. And you're like, darn, I can't even be depressed because the word had came up and told me to rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. I was trying to go into a corner, like Lenny Williams said, roll myself up in a big old ball and die. But the word rose up and said, praise him in the sanctuary. The word rose up and said, I'll give you beauty for ashes. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my lips. I couldn't even have a pity party because the praises kept coming up in me. Lift up your head, O ye gates. Be lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall 
come in. You got to know the word. Therefore, my beloved, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. You got to keep it moving. You got to keep abounding because there's going to be setbacks. There's going to be problems. You're going to get hit hard. You're going to hit that canvas. You're, you're going to do a, what they call it, a face plant into some, into some uh, floors, my friend, because you're going to get hit hard. Your flesh going to act up. I'm just, I'm just telling you, my friend. You got to stand fast, unmovable, ever abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain, stay faithful. Your work is not in vain. And that's what I always tell myself, it ain't in vain. Yeah, they got over on me this time, but it ain't in vain. Man, I didn't reap no fruit in that, but it's not in vain. I didn't see the results that I wanted to see, but it's not in vain. God told me, he said, if I tell you to do something and you're looking for certain results when you do it, and if you don't get the results that you're looking for, it, it, it's not that you failed. It's not that you didn't accomplish the mission. The blessing or the blessing was in the obedience. God said, I blessed you for being obedient. You didn't get the results that you wanted, so you were a little downtrodden. You were a little upset. You felt like you didn't, you felt like you were a failure. God said, No, you were not a failure. You were blessed because of your obedience. You said, But Lord, uh, only a few people showed up. I don't care who didn't show up and who did show up. I knew what I was doing. It was a part of a larger purpose, and your obedience was predicated to that purpose, my friend. You were successful because you were obedient. You're looking at the results. God, I ain't looking at the results. I'm looking at your piece of the puzzle that you just added, bam, that fulfilled my will and brought me glory. My friend, you just got to understand the word sometimes. Knowing the word, Galatians 5 1, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty which Christ has made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. You got to stay free. You got to stay free, my friend. Stay free. Don't let nothing, nobody bound you down. And when you feel you're bound, you got to get up and get loose. <laughs> That's what you got to do. And then when trials come, Peter said, Think it not strange concerning, concerning the fiery trials. It's going to try you as if something happened. Paul said, there is no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus have made me free from the law of sin or death. Then he said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robber to be equal with God. But just don't make yourself of no reputation. My friend, you got to know the word coupled with your ministry. That's what's going to get you by. In the long run, you got to know that word, know what it says. That's what's going to take you through because people will fail you. Stuff will fail you. Things will fail you. Uh, what? Strategies will fail you. But my friend, when you know that word, you can point to God and say, Lord, it is written. You can point to your enemies and say, it is written. And you better, it better be written too because if it ain't written, you're going to find yourself in my friends, I just thank y'all so much for this year of doing this show, Slim from the Lions Den. I'm concluding. This is my uh, fourth to the last show. Next week, we're going to be talking about success in the workplace. See, everybody, or some of us are entrepreneurs and some of us are not. So some of us are worker bees. So if you're going to be a worker bee, you got to be a successful worker bee. And if you want to get off and under that worker bee, there's a way to do that too. So, but in the meantime, Join me next week. We're going to talk about that success in the workplace. God bless you. I'm Apostle John L. Solomon, the lion among lions, and you've been inside the lion's den. God bless you. We're going to leave like this tonight.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.